I've got loads of records. I'm so excited. But I'm actually just trying to fix my desk because it's broken. What's going on here, John? Yeah, back in business. Did you have a wonky leg? Wonky everything, mate. This is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Trowbridge and John Ponting in Cricklade. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us. This is Sheer Isolation. Uh, I'm John in Cricklade and Kieran is in his loft in Trowbridge. Hello. Now, uh, myself and Kieran, we, we had a rare occasion where we met up in the last week. So it was um, a comedy show in Devizes, my first comedy show um, for um, Gary Delaney in Devizes Corn Exchange. I've worked with Gary a few times before. Um, the venue that I previously worked at, for whatever reason, couldn't do the show. So I, I said, yeah, we'll do it in Devizes. It'll be great. And I did it in Devizes and it was great. And big Good shout work. out to my mum who did the door for me because I ran out of stuff. Oh, it, it was an absolute packed venue, wasn't it? it we sold... 375 I think we sold or 374 I think the capacity is 398 so we weren't actually that far off selling it out out but I chose not to on purpose so I can get guest list in etc um, and I'm glad I did because my god <laughs> it was so we, yes it was it was an amazing night and so full it was rammed yeah fantastic comedian if you haven't uh, <clears throat> seen Gary Delaney obviously not for everybody not for the innocent minded um, no, I had, I had a work colleague come, John, who who I said was going to be brilliant, and I thought it was brilliant. But he turned up, and he he's not particularly rude, but he was rude enough to. They left at half time. <laughs> and she's not hey. spoken to me since. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, we we've got a, a truly interesting guest uh, lined up who's talking to us today, who is uh, Ian Feathers. Now, Ian is uh, the person behind the Vinyl Days record fairs, so. He is basically his full time job. He travels across South Wales, across the southwest of England, uh, running uh, vinyl fairs. Um, he does one in Sarancester. He does uh, one down in Wales. Um, he goes to Dursley as well. So there's a few in this area, but uh, he also covers quite a bit in Wales, quite a bit down in Cornwall. We'll be talking to him about how he got into it. And, and uh, Karen, you have a fascinating conversation with him about uh, what to look out for in terms of. Yeah, I, I really vinyl. enjoyed that, John. I've taken the liberty to pick a track, Karen, because I knew you were running late and I wasn't sure if you had time. But if you've got a track, then do spring it on me now. I've got a track, John. I'm going to spring it on you. Go on then. The track is a chap called uh, Jack Lukeman. And the song is The Sunset is Blue on Mars, which I'm assuming is um, a scientific fact, um, which is quite an interesting concept because our sunsets are purpley, pinky, wonderful colours. And on Mars, they're blue, which I think is quite amazing. So that's an interesting concept in itself. Nevertheless... Jack Lukeman is an Irish singer-songwriter um, and he's playing the pump this weekend uh, in Trowbridge. He regularly plays arenas in Ireland. He plays like Dublin Arena in front of 6,000 people. Big deal in Ireland. Big, big deal. He's like a number one artist. He'll regularly sell out the biggest venues. And in the UK, nobody knows him. So he's going to play the Village Pump um, next weekend. There's the poster in front of, what, 30, 40 people? And then he's going to go to Ireland at the end of the year and play in front of six thousand so i wanted to highlight how musicians you know how they have to work because you could be huge in your country of origin but you, as soon as you you know go over a border you're, you're nothing again you have to start from the beginning this song is called uh, the sunset uh, is blue on mars and if you like it come along and hang out because um, you will be performed to by someone capable of doing massive shows and then the stagecraft that goes with that in possibly the most intimate of settings and especially if you're Irish 
um you know people would be giving their left leg to come to a show like this so do check it out Sunset in Blue on Mars. Um, we need to fact check that. Okay. But that is a, a tune by Jack Lukeman. What date is he playing in Trowbridge, Kieran? 
He is playing, in fact, we're the second date on uh, Saturday, the 21st of May. We're the unknown venue. All the other venues are massive, big, brilliant, like Rough Trade in Bristol or the, so the Alban Arena in St. Albans, um, Warwick Arts Centre, etc. We've got the Village Pump. We hold 60 people or 70 people tops. There you go. I mean, it's going to be super special. I, I, I just, I'm really excited about it. I can tell from, from how much you talk about him. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I need to look up this guy and actually have a proper listen. Um, so, uh, so okay, no product placement this week. But uh, what we're going to do is uh, have a chat to go over to our guest because product placement are plenty. You talk about so many different albums uh, in, in this interview. So we, we were talking to Ian, um, Ian Feathers. Now, he runs a record fair called Vinyl Days, which tours across the south of the country. I think he visits ven- the same venues kind of on a four-month cycle. So it, it's a full-time job for him. He's just going around constantly collecting vinyl Selling and turning it on and... Yeah, basically selling records as a living. So I think it's your dream job, Kurt. I can imagine you doing that in 20 years. Yeah, I think I probably could do it in about 20 years, yeah. yeah. I'd be selling I'd be selling records from the noughties to people <laughs> who uh, grew up now who didn't buy it. <laughs> this is a whole angle, a whole perspective um, that we've not covered in, in all the years we've been doing this show. So uh, we thought, yeah, let's get Ian on, find out a bit more about him and, and, and what happens kind of behind the scenes because... I, th- I think we've all been, whether you're into vinyl or, or whatever you're into, whatever kind of bric-a-brac or arch, we've all been to those fairs and you walk around and, and you, personally, I do a lot of window shopping and, and not much actual shopping. <laughs> I don't, what about yourself, Kieran? <laughs> that, well, I, yeah, I'm very particular about what I want to buy. So yeah, I do. I, I, I like to browse. I like to, to sort of finger through the records mm. and feel like I'm uh, on my dinner break again. It's from school in 1997. So... <laughs> Did your school have record fairs? What? No, no. So Devizes had a record shop called PR Sound. I used to spend my dinner money on, on singles. Um, every week the singles would come out and there'd be a pound on seven-inch single. So I've got loads of Supergrass and Blur and Cooler Shaker and so on and so forth. All the indie bands from the 90s. I've got loads of seven-inch singles. That's what I used to spend my money on. Uh-huh. Coming to a record fair near you in about 10 years. Okay, let's, um, let's have a chat to Ian. <laughs> I'll start by asking you just to explain um, Vinyl Days, because I believe that you, you run the record fair, but it wasn't yours originally. Is that right? I've taken over the record fair circuit from a guy called Simon Phillips, who retired at the end of, um, the end of last year. The record fairs have been running for 30 years prior to that. So uh, it's been a, been a successful business, which I've wanted to keep going because I was, I was a seller at the fairs myself. I'm assuming it's just not you who who just has a big truckload of vinyl and just well, I have, goes I have, got, a, I have got a big I have got a big truckload of vinyl, but no, there's there's several dealers at each fair, so there can be small fairs with four or five dealers, or it could be fifteen dealers. So it's all all the sizes in between. Right, where do you do these fairs? Are they all southwest based? Southwest and South Wales. Uh, it goes far west as Oxford, as far east as Tenby in South Wales up to Hereford, and then down to, the end, down to the end of Cornwall as well. Is it a passion or is this a job? You know, you do, or is it a it passionate is, job? <laughs> well, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it is my full-time job, but okay. it, sort of, it sort of started with, well, it's record collecting got out of hand, really. So I ended yeah. up becoming a record dealer because you know, what else were we going to do? Yeah, that's the same for most of the dealers, I think, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Doris, question, how many do you have? <laughs> well, in the front room, I've got about... 1500 albums are they, those is, personal albums that you listen that's, to that's my own album yeah yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. um and then there's 
CDs, singles, all sorts. But 1,500 albums is, is my music collection that is regularly used. Wow. In order to be a collector of this nature and to be a seller, presumably you've got a very broad taste in music. You, you can't surely just be into rock and roll or whatever. No, I have got a very wide taste in music and I do sell most types of music. And I also try not to be a musical snob as well. So, um, you know, I don't... <laughs> so if someone turns I, I don't... up asking for something terrible, you're like, oh, certainly, sir. <laughs> okay, I, might, I might not have that at the moment, but one of the other dealers may have. <laughs> um, <laughs> Have you got a static bass or, or do you just do this? Because you're not out and about every day, are you? So what, what do you do no, on the um, days off? Organising running affairs does take up a lot of the, the week. You know, sorting out the advertising, booking the venues, dealing with, with um, all the dealers I've got to book into the fairs. And each venue that I do, I've got 25, 26 venues, and I do each venue three times a year. So that's 70 or 80 days of actual fairs. So it is a, a full-time undertaking, really. I was going to say, I, think, I believe the nearest one to us is Sirencester. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if there's any more around Wiltshire. Did you Have you got one in Somerset, did I see? We are in Wells last weekend. Hmm. Uh, so we, we've just done that one. following week, we're off to Abergavenny and Newport. And the week after that, we're doing Hereford and then Wantage. How do you get stock? You know, How do you become in, in possession of so much vinyl that you can sell it? And presumably, once you have a collection of records to sell, how do you go through it? Presumably, you must inspect every record, and then you must sort them out into various genres, etc. Talk us through that process. At my store, it's all divided into into genres. All the the, uh, used vinyl is all checked for condition, and it doesn't go out unless it's excellent. So I don't sell records that that are not in excellent condition. The other side of it is... um, brand new stock so I'll, I'll stock new releases and i deal with most of the major distributors to to stock new releases as well so it's a it's probably a mixture of half second hand and half new releases well, that's interesting to know that you do new releases as well that's really exciting yeah. we've talked a few times just about some um, supply issues just because the, the, yeah. the manufacturers haven't been able to to produce enough vinyl to, to meet demand have you been having any issues with that well yes i mean i'm not i don't really want to touch on politics but um <laughs> the uh, no, that's Kieran's job. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, the wholesale price of vinyl, one of the reasons it has jumped up is Brexit. Yeah. Most of the majors put it up 30 40% when Brexit took hold. Really? Um, yeah, so that means the prices have gone yeah, through the roof, really. Through um, the roof, yeah. And, 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 the, and it's, not, it's not just that. There's been, um, there's, there's been a worldwide shortage of the lacquer that's needed to make vinyl. Allied with increased demand, the pressing plants can't cope with it. So there are delays on a lot of new releases for, for a combination of those reasons and, and, as, and the pandemic as well. And, and what about um, footfall to your stores? Because you, we keep hearing about the, like the vinyl resurgence and how it keeps gaining popularity. It's been, going, it's been gaining popularity for years and years and years now. Do you see that actually on the ground? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's been year on year. It's been growing. I don't think it's reached its peak yet. I mean, the numbers are still going up for physical sales of, of vinyl. Although one thing I have noticed is um, more recently, because the price of vinyl has gone up so much, CDs are, are coming back a, a bit. So a lot of people are buying CDs as well now. Um, so true. Very recently, I um, purchased the Wet Leg album on CD because oh, yes. everybody was clamouring for the vinyl. And I thought yeah. they're going to sell, a, what, 2,000 CDs? They're probably going to sell 10,000 vinyl. So the CD is definitely going to be more of a collector's item in 10 years' time. Have you ever picked something up and gone, that's worth a mint or that's a really rare find or anything like that? <laughs> Tell us the coolest stories. 
Oh yeah, I've I've picked up loads of loads of things. Um, I bought uh, a big collection from um, a, a radio presenter, I think, with a load of acetates, unplayed oh. acetates. Wow. Yeah, about seventy or eighty in one hit. Coincidentally, we did talking about that. We did a fair in in Dursley in um, near Stroud last week. Yeah. And um, it was only a, a small fair, and a couple of days later, I got a message on my Facebook page from a guy in um, Australia asking about one of these acetates. So <laughs> the reach of the fair has become beyond my expectation. Wow, that's and, uh, incredible. That's, that's on its way to Sydney now. So. Oh, very cool. And just for yeah. everybody listening, can you just explain what an acetate is as, a, as a, compared to a traditional seven-inch single? It's a sheet of metal with a very thin coating of vinyl on it. Sometimes these are u- unique recordings and weren't, weren't necessarily used for the, the final release. So it could be unavailable any, any other place. Because the vinyl is so thin, you can only play it half a dozen times. So you need to play it once and record it. Wow, there you go. That's quite cool. I didn't, I didn't actually know that. I didn't realise they wore out so quickly. Not necessarily wear out, but they will, you will start noticing sound defects if you try to play them as you would a normal record. Wow, so there you go. Be careful with your acetates. <laughs> <laughs> so give me some advice, Ian. So I, I'm a 90s coming-of-age chap who, who likes a lot of 90s vinyl. Yeah. But I find <laughs> them the hardest to find at fairs. Yeah. How do I yeah. get well, my, my favourite records on vinyl? Well, you, you, if you're buying 90s vinyl, you need quite deep pockets. Um, really? Yeah, because um, most people had switched to CDs by, at that point. So the, the vinyl that was being pressed was in much lower quantities. And the demand for that is now completely outstrips the supply. So some yeah. of these records can be very expensive. So a case in point, for example, the first two Oasis albums, you can, you can hardly give them away on CD, but they are vinyl, they're nice condition, 150 quid. Oh, I've got them. <laughs> yeah, they're in good condition. Yeah, they're worth a lot of money. But like, I mean, there's still a lot that I didn't buy because I could only afford so much of my paper round money. So I prioritised <laughs> what I bought. But there's a yeah. like, bunch of records. I'd love the like placebo record on vinyl or uh, you know, yeah. Sonic Youth record. And you yeah. just, well, like you say, you can't get them unless you're willing to spend 150 quid. And I'm not. So. No, I mean, Sonic, Sonic Youth, most of those have been reissued. So you can buy, you can buy new pressings of Sonic Youth. And I've got a few of them on my stall. So um, a very expensive one would be from that era, Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Melancholy yes. the Infinite Sadness, a triple album numbered. That's yeah, at least 500 quid now. I'm I'm really impressed with with your knowledge. Just that you can just run off particular albums from 20 years ago and know exactly what what the going rate is. Yeah. How how do you manage that? Is it, is it everything in your head? It's or do discogs. You, it's discogs. Like share spreadsheets and stuff. Discogs is very good for pricing, but some of it is is you know in here. Something is in here. So yeah. if you're talking about 90s vinyl, particular artists is always going to be worth money because. The demand is there, and um, they were on limited runs. Uh, and 90s vinyl is, is particularly strong at the moment. Oh, there you go. And that's my fault, because I'm trying to buy it. <laughs> yeah. I suppose on, on the flip side, there's also a lot of... Um, let, let's think of a nice way of saying it. There's a lot of vinyl which nobody ever wants to buy. And in particular, what? I suppose you see this in like the, the corner of charity shops, where you always come across the same vinyl, normally from like the 60s, or like things like Jive Bunny and things like that. Um, did, yeah. do, do you get that kind of stuff at your fairs and, and how quickly can you kind of shift it out for whole genres for example like easy listening James Last albums and things like that you just yeah. like, it's, it's landfill stuff really um, sometimes with those records I will I will salvage the inner as in you know 
a nice polyline dinner yeah. for a, a better record, but you know, I, I just get rid of it. Two things. Yeah. Number one, in defense of those landfill records, back in the yes. day, that was the only format. So that's why there were so many of them printed. But also, yes. I'm just thinking, right, what we could do is we could take those records, crush them up, and make mm. new records. It wouldn't be virgin vinyl, but it would still be vinyl. Well, to give an example of that, where, it, where I know that is done, Jamaican press records, it's mainly recycled vinyl. And um, <laughs> it's, the quality is terrible because I don't think they've even bothered taking the labels off. So you've got oh, bubbles no! and it's, it's just terrible. Oh, that would but, be awful. But yeah, it is a, a valid point. Recycling of vinyl is definitely a good thing because um, you can't recycle it to do anything else other than make more records. Okay, can, I, can I just say one more thing, if I can get yes. that in? Of course. Um, all, all my fairs are advertised on my website, finaldaysrecordfairs.co.uk. The, the final question that we like to ask um, all of our guests is, have you picked a track? Like, yeah, and we have spoke about this previously because we were trying to find a radio-friendly version of this. Yeah. But I, I was quite surprised, given all, all the wealth of, of, of the music that you probably see on a day-to-day basis, you actually picked a band that both myself and Kieran know really well, which is the Bristol uh, lads from, uh, from Idols. Well, the reason I picked them was because they were the last band I saw. And in fact, it's the first band I've seen since, um, since the pandemic, as I've been quite nervous about going to very crowded places. Because if I get coronavirus, then the, the record fairs don't happen. So, no, of um, course. And, and actually, um, my, my daughter is a big fan of Idols, so she particularly drove that we would go there. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and they were great. Cool. Um, well, we're going to play the tune uh, When the Lights Come On from their new album. So uh, we'll play that now. Seem loud, there's a girl in a whirling cloud. 
Okay, that tune is by Idols. Uh, really, well, uh, we, we think they're, they're big and famous. I think they're still upcoming. They're not quite hit the mainstream level yet, have they? But that track is called When the Lights Come On. It's off their new album, which is called Crawler, which I believe is out very soon on Partizan. It may be out by now. I can't remember on, uh, the date of that. But yeah, if you've not heard of Idols, that's what they sound like and check them out. I can remember when they were on the Bristol scene as like a little band with bands like Spectres um, on the record label called Howling Owl. And so they've been knocking around for, they're not like an overnight sensation. Like a lot of people think they are. They, they did do the grind at the beginning. Funnily enough, I don't know if they did play the gig in the end. And, and I, I definitely wasn't there, but we had Spectres play in Devizes at a tiny little pub. And I have a feeling that they might've been the support, but I was away on holiday. And apparently the gig was terrible because of everything. The whole thing was awful. The, the turnout, the, the venue, the setup, the, the crew that ran it. So if they did play, I hope they've forgotten it. <laughs> and Kieran never had a holiday again. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So true. Oh dear. Oh. Have you got any news, Kieran? Uh, no news. No news. No, I've got no news either. So instead, I'm just going to run through a few gigs because we're start. We're venturing now into the start of festival season proper. Our first real festival season for about three years. Lechlade is coming up, 27th of this month. Um, that's uh, one of. It's, it's, we have quite a few of these village and small town festivals where they just get a few big name acts and then the rest of the, built, the lineup is built up a local acts and they just make a whole family affair of it. Uh, so at Lechley this year, you can see Boomtown Rats. That's not a, a tribute. That is the Boomtown Rats. And also uh, Alexandra Burke. They're the main headliners. And there's a, a big long list of other head, uh, acts going on there as well. So have a look. I think there's still a few tickets left for that one. On the 26th, we've got uh, Jazz Stroud down at the Good Shed in Stroud. So it's another uh, jazz festival. Now, we had um, EVMJ on a few weeks ago talking about uh, the one in Swindon. Um, this is just a one-day event in Stroud. Um, you'll have to excuse me. I'm, I'm not big on my jazz, but they've got uh, Matthew Hulsall, Giles uh, Peterson, I'm aware of, and uh, Ego LMA uh, playing at, uh, at the Good Shed in Stroud. Very and, uh, cool. I've just picked out another gig just because I love the name. And you, it's another, ba- maybe a band you're familiar with, Kieran. I don't know. Do you know the Red Hot Chili Pipers? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing at the Bath Forum on the 27th. They look very interesting. I'm pretty sure that Nigel from Frank Turner's band, um, original drummer, I think he was in them for a while before when he was in Dive Dive. Like, so li- we're literally talking 10, 15 years ago. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was them. Uh, so, so if you like, you know, I, I think they're known as sort of one of the most famous bagpiping tribute bands in the world or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. There can't be that many of them. But anyway, uh, yeah, cool. they're playing it at the Bath Forum on the 27th. Nice. Uh, that's us done for another week. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email shareisolation at gmail.com or go to our website, shareisolation.co.uk or find us on Spotify or Apple or Amazon or YouTube or whatever. Wherever you go to get your podcasts, um, we are normally there. Kieran, thank I have you. got some news. Oh, no, it's too late now. Can you save it till, got... uh, save it till next week? Yeah. OK, OK. It right. can wait, actually, so it's fine. Right. Good. Um, yeah, so, that, so that's us done. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We will be back same time next week i really had to think about that and yes weeks come we we do this weekly we'll be back same yeah. week and um, it flies by it does. Kieran, thank, thanks for joining me and thanks for yes, pedaling back as quickly as you did to, to join me did just manage it didn't i that was really poetic it was. <laughs> see you later oh. bud. Uh, Take care, mate. all right cheers see you later bye, bye. bye.